0: Well you can rest for a while now. Uh, Marvellous hymn, great, great truths, and it won't be long before we can uh, join in that everlasting song. A few more circuits of this planet, who knows, it might not even make another circuit before we are promoted to a higher place, or the Lord himself will be amongst us. So, are we ready for that great event? We're continuing in Luke chapter 3 tonight. Uh, I thought uh, it wouldn't be quite appropriate to continue in Malachi in the holiday period, but to make a little bit more progress in uh, Luke, more familiar territory. I'm looking at verses 15 and 16 of chapter 3 in particular, and um, we're looking at a real temptation that came the way of John the Baptist and uh, his response to that temptation and to think as to what we can Learn from this something of the background uh, already to chapter three. Something of the, the scene there's John the Baptist, he's preaching in the Jordan Valley uh, by the river Jordan. Uh, the headline news is that sins can be forgiven. So, if you haven't been forgiven yet, if you don't know that your sins have been forgiven, maybe you don't even know it's your most urgent and pressing problem. Um, we're preoccupied with things that are important, certainly, and uh, how we're going to pay the power bills this, uh, this winter, even now. It is a situation we need to think about, and it is one uh, that causes concern. But compared to sin before a holy God, that is the issue, and it needs to be dealt with. And either we pay the penalty for ourselves forever in, in hell, and there's no way of remission there, or there's one who stood on this planet And said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest, rest from your sin. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power, not in religion, not in morality, not in church going, not in prayers, uh, not in hymn singing, but there's power in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus Christ and he's saying, uh, there is forgiveness of sins and to appropriate the merits of Christ we we need to repent of what we are it's what we are that causes us to do what we do we sin because we are sinners and we turn, we think again we have new affections and a new direction, turn from self turn to Jesus Christ he's the only answer to sin, again don't turn to religion or church going it's of no effect at all But Jesus Christ does helpless sinners good. Did it for me? We could all stand up here one by one. Well, many of us could stand up here one by one tonight and testify. He's done me good. He keeps on doing me good. And I'm going to stand in that great throng in eternity. How can you be so confident? Because it doesn't depend on me. You say to some, are you going to heaven? Well, I hope so. My friends, that's arrogance, even to hope so. What's your hope built on? Well, I'm not so bad. I've done what I can. I'm as good as anybody else. I've been a nice person. That's not my story or the story of any Christian. I only please Jesus Christ. Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. So we have John the Baptist, this uh, quite remarkable preacher. He's in the desert preaching this baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. There's the preacher. Then we're drawn, our attention is drawn to great crowds who are thronging out to hear him. Verse 7, then he said to the multitudes who came out to be baptized by him. And uh, verse 10 talks again about the multitudes, the crowds, the people who came to hear him. So he was a popular preacher and uh, the content of his preaching was powerful and it was pointed uh, he calls his congregation a, a brood of vipers. Not very polite, but he's inspired by the Spirit to do that. Uh, here are people thinking, well, I'll just come and go through a, another religious rite, I'll add it to my collection, and uh, who knows, it might be of some help. Vipers, snakes, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? It's very powerful. Preaching, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And don't start to say, we've got Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these very stones. It's not your background, your heritage, your religious background, your family that saves you. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit... He's cut down and thrown into the fire. There's the preacher, the crowds, the the preaching. It's practical also, as we saw this morning. uh, People are asking him, well, what should we do? He gives practical answers. If I really have repented of my sin, and I really am trusting in Jesus Christ, it's going to radically change my life. It's not just something I tag on to my life. Christianity is not a lifestyle choice. It is life. it is life, radical in every area of my life. It applies as I'm driving my van or my car as I'm walking my children down the street as I'm in the checkout uh, queue. It applies I'm eating my dinner and drinking my coffee at Starbucks or Costa and other good coffee outlets are available, whatever I might be, uh, worship services. well it applies, it's radical everywhere, because it's Jesus. Christ who's invaded our lives. It's very practical. What should I do? And he gives some some details. And preaching needs to be practically applied also. There's the scene, very briefly. Brings us up to speed. Big crowds of people. Here's the temptation then, verse 15. Now, as the people were in expectation... And notice this, and all reasoned in their hearts about John whether he was the Christ or not. So this great expectation among the Jews, so many prophecies of uh, the Messiah, the Anointed One, uh, Hebrew Messiah, Greek Christ, the Promised One, who would come and rescue Uh, Israel. He'd redeem his people. Uh, He'd set up an eternal kingdom and uh, throughout the Old Testament hundreds of detailed prophecies and uh, shadows and types and figures of the one who was to come. And here extraordinary things are happening by uh, the River Jordan in the wilderness. Crowds are going out to him. The preaching is very powerful and people are wondering could this be? Could this be The Christ, and they're all wondering this is he, is John the one? Well, what a massive temptation comes the way of John the Baptist the temptation to muse himself, maybe, and wonder himself, and to believe the
1: hype
0: that people are putting in his direction. I wonder if some actually questioned him about that. He knew the murmurs that were going on around and about him, but the temptation there to think of himself more highly than he ought to is a temptation that comes from the pit itself. The devil fell in that particular way for you and I to think above our station. And what is my station What really is my position? Do I really understand who I am apart from the grace of God in Jesus Christ? Well, I'm no more than the dust of the earth. Uh, Dust I I was and dust I will become uh, again. And for anyone here, for you or I to believe the height that outside of Christ we are anything at all is is devilish. We are truly the dust of the earth. Lucifer fell from glory by pride, seeking to be above, seeking for more, seeking for attention. Here's some verses in Isaiah chapter 14. Verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. proud. Pride was found in his heart. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And the people are musing and they're wondering, is he the Christ? And the temptation is very powerful. And there are many ministers who maybe have believed the hype about them. Oh, Mr. So-and-so, oh, the Reverend So-and-so, oh, what a glorious, what a wonderful man he is. Now, we are to value those who are gifted. Uh, We are to value the gift. We are to value the giver. Uh, The man needs to be a faithful man. But any temptation to start thinking they are somebody very special, we are not. None of us are. It's a real temptation that comes the way of John the Baptist. Maybe he started to think. Maybe, maybe I am the one. Dust we are. And John the Baptist responds in a good way. Us, us, we are only dust. However he might use us, use me, use you, that's his grace, that's his glory, that's his prerogative but we're no more than the dust of the earth. Whatever you're going to be doing tomorrow, you're a dusty van driver, dusty teacher, a dusty engineer, accountant, dust, dusty preacher, dusty congregation, dusty singer, dusty footballer, dusty shop assistant, dust. Dust of the earth, nothing apart from Jesus Christ. And why he should value people like you and, and I I mean, the hymn that we, we sang again. How can it be, thou heavenly King, that thou shouldst us, us to glory bring, make slaves the partners of thy throne decked with a never fading crown? There's the temptation. And now the response and what we can learn from it. It's a, a wonderful response from John the Baptist, verse 16. John answered, saying to all, they're all thinking, so he answers them all, I indeed baptise you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. My friends, he's saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. You might think that this is something special happening here by the Jordan. You've seen nothing yet. There is one coming, it's not me. It's not me. And uh, I, am, I am nothing at all. I am nothing at all. Y- you and I need to have a right view of ourselves and John the Baptist had a right view of himself. No, it's, it's not me. And, and the baptism I'm baptizing people with, it, it's merely water that I'm using and we have baptismal services here from time to time. Is it, is it down there? I've never seen one done here. And the boards come up and there's a hole and we fill it with water. And it's just ordinary water. And there's nothing magical happening in the water. I believe it is a means of grace to the true believer who goes through the water of baptism. I mean, Jesus does say, repent and be uh, baptized. And John the Baptist is heralding that. You need to be baptized. But uh, the baptism itself is, is a matter of obedience But it's only a picture. It's in the end another picture and a type and a shadow of a a great spiritual reality. And John the Baptist, I'm only baptizing people with water. It's it's merely water. Uh, And there's an outward washing of the body. Uh, It's commanded and it's necessary, but it is so very limited. It's a picture. It's a picture of the washing away of sins. It's only water, but it's a picture of the washing away of sins. It's a picture as you go down into the water, dying to self and my agenda and I and me and mine. And then as you come up, hopefully, I've never lost one yet in the baptismal pool. As you come up, it's a picture of a new life in Jesus Christ and living to his glory, rising to newness of life, dying to self, rising to Christ. It's only a picture of a great, great truth. It's a helpful picture, but it's only a picture. It's an outward picture. So me, me, am I the Christ? I tell you, no. The very best you and I can do and must do, is to be a willing channel to serve him in any way that he might choose. If you're wondering about your future, if you're a young person here, if you're an older person here, we've all got a future ahead of us, what would the Lord have me do? And then to dutifully follow him. But here's a very telling passage in Luke chapter 17 about our position Luke 17 and verse 7 and which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field come at once and sit down to eat but will he not rather say to him prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, should say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. We are only servants. Me, the Christ, the Messiah, certainly not. You and I need a right view of ourselves. And that's half of the battle. But John the Baptist does something more wonderfully. It's not only a negative. He's not only saying, no, it's not me. But now he starts to point them towards the one who is coming. So John answered them all saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. Whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, John points away from himself and he points to Jesus. So, John the Baptist is a signpost and it's coming close to the time when Jesus will arrive on the scene. And John the Baptist is going to point to him. He's going to point to him. This is the one I was talking about. This is the one who who uh, is saying, I'm not worthy to untie the latchet from his sandal. Oh, no, I want you to have a good look at him. And uh, most translations have got this uh, old English word, behold. Now, I don't know when you last used that word in everyday conversation. Wife, behold. Uh, but it is appropriate. It's a very powerful old English word. And it catches something of the sense as to what's being said here. doesn't just mean look. means have a really good look. Look until you understand. Take it in. Behold, the Lamb of God, who fulfills all the Old Testament pictures. So if baptism is a picture, so the Old Testament lambs were a picture. If baptism is necessary, and it is, you've been baptized yet. The Old Testament sacrifices were necessary, but they were only a picture. They didn't actually achieve anything, we're told in the Hebrew uh, letter. They were pointers towards the one who was to come, the Lamb of God, who actually does the task, does the job, of taking away the sin of the world. And what a world it would be if we could filter out all sin, right now, here and now, gone. Time's coming when it will happen. A trumpet will sound, an archangel will shout, and Jesus Christ will appear. All the dead, maybe 14 billion in the earth's history, will be raised. We'll all stand before him. And two groups, left and the right. On the left, those who never availed themselves of the open door of forgiveness of sins and peace with God through Jesus Christ. On the right, will be those who did. And because their sins are being paid for and covered and dealt with, they enter into his glorious inheritance. For those whose sins were never paid for by Jesus, because they continue to reject him, they'll be paying off that debt forever and forever. But Jesus Christ, oh John, he points away from it's not me, I'm just using a bit of water. By the river Jordan. I'm in the desert. I could do nothing for you. But I tell you who can. There's one coming after me. I am nothing, but he is everything. And John the Baptist is a signpost and every true believer here is a signpost. And that's our position. I can't actually do anything for you. But I know, and I say it reverently, I do know a man who can. And his name is Jesus. And he can do something because he's not only a man. He is the eternal son of God. He's the second person of the one triune God. One being, three persons. There's a mystery. Nobody would make up Christianity. Nobody would make up a doctrine like this of the Trinity. One being, see, many misunderstand. Oh, you're saying there are three gods. God forbid, anathema, certainly not one being, but he dwell, dwells in triune splendor, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ became a man, but he didn't stop being God. He took to himself humanity, he laid aside his glory, but he remains almighty God and in the one person Jesus Christ, you have two natures. He is a mystery. I have one nature; it's a fallen human nature. Jesus Christ, this man had and has two natures in the one person, fully divine, perfect humanity, without a mixing of the two. There's a union. Some say, well, did did God change at the incarnation? No, absolutely not. Certainly not. There's a union, but no mixing, no splicing. Fully God, fully man. And you and I, like John the Baptist, can do nothing for any human being, but we know a man who can. And his name is Jesus And I'm pointing you towards him tonight. As a believer, keep looking to Jesus, not to religion, not to Bible reading or to prayers, but through prayers and Bible reading, we're looking to Jesus because he's the only one who can maintain you and keep you plodding on through this world and marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. If you're not yet a believer, you need to look to him and behold him, not take a little glance. Oh, I caught a glimpse of him tonight. Well, that's something, but it's not enough. Because to be saved, you need to behold him. You've got to be gripped by him. You've got to be overwhelmed by him. You've got to see your desperate need. Now, I don't know what your bank account says at the moment, but if you're down maybe a hundred thousand and you haven't got a job and you don't know what you're going to do... And somebody comes on the horizon, he's a diff, distant uncle, and he's showing interest, and uh, you find out he's a billionaire from Texas, and you, you didn't know, and now you're looking. And he's looking in your direction, and he seems warmly disposed towards you. And then he says, I mean, it used to be, I'll, I'll write you a cheque. Well, forget that. I forgot what the last cheque was I received. I wouldn't know what to do with one anyway. But uh, they can take your little numbers, sort, code, and account number. My dear nephew, I've heard about your plight. Well, sorry, I'll, I'll speak, to you, speak to you later, Uncle. I've got something to do. I'm going to watch SpongeBob on the telly with my grandkids. Actually, I quite like it myself. But uh, No, you're, you have a need. And this Uncle is so kindly disposed. What a lovely heart. And oh, he's got your attention. Behold, give me your SOC code and account number. Oh, uncle, don't even mention it. You're my nephew. Infinitely above all of that. Jesus Christ. You see, I I can't do anything for you, and neither can any other Christian here, but we can point. Have a look. No, don't have a look. Behold. Behold the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. He's the one who does it. He takes away the sins of the world. So you and I are merely signposts. And I challenge you and challenge me again tonight. Don't be an obscure signpost. Be a clear, well-illuminated signpost. Oh, I can do nothing. I'm just using water. But there's one coming, says John the Baptist, who is mightier than I. How much mightier? Infinitely mightier. Mighty Christ from time eternal. Mighty in his incarnation he man's nature takes. Mighty when on Calvary dying. Mighty death itself he breaks. Resurrection see his might. Behold infinite how mighty is he no end to his might almighty king of heaven and earth by right mighty was he in heaven's purpose mighty in his pledge to save see people can promise many things oh we got two candidates for a particular position at the moment and uh and they're promising all sorts of things and what they're going to do, but maybe when they get to number 10, they just won't be able to do it. It's not their fault, poor things, or maybe, I don't know, but they don't have the power. There's not the resources. But Jesus Christ promises to save, mighty in His pledge to save, mighty throughout His life, from His birth to Calvary, mighty bursting from the grave. Still will He mighty be when things hidden. Now we see the the is going to be taken away. Reality will dawn on that day when the trumpet sounds and the archangel shouts and Jesus Christ returns. Oh, you'll see how much... You will behold Him then. Behold Him now while He's Saviour. Before you have to behold Him as your judge and nothing can hide you from the eyes of... To him, you must give an account. How much mightier is Jesus than John the Baptist? Well, infinitely. And John the Baptist says, I'll tell you what it's like. He says, uh, I'm not even worthy to unloose the straps of his sandals. Now, people wore these open Toward sandals in the the Middle East and we still wear them today when it gets hot maybe some of you are wearing sandals tonight but you're walking on lovely pavements and uh and areas but uh, the dusty roads of the Middle East and the the pollution wasn't atmospheric it was solid on, on the ground and it was messy to walk along the pathways and feet got very messy and uh For a religious teacher, here's one of the rabbinical sayings. A religious teacher would take disciples to himself and disciples of any religious teacher had to serve this religious teacher and they would do anything he commanded or he needed, but they wouldn't wash his feet, they wouldn't untie his sandals. That was something reserved only for a slave. Now a slave, when the master comes in, the master would sit down and uh, the servant would remove his dirty sandals and wash his feet. It would mean unlatching the, uh, the buckles there and releasing the sandal from there. It was a messy job and a disciple wouldn't do it, but a slave had to do it. I'll tell you how much greater he is than I am, said John the Baptist. I'm not even worthy to do the job of a slave. Don't you start tempting me with any thought that I'm bigger or more important than I am. For I have no importance. I am the dust of the earth. I'm not even worthy to untie the latch of his sandal. A slave could do it, but I don't even consider myself to be a slave in the sight of the one who is coming. True humility. Hallmark of true repentance. A right view of me and a right view of him. Be humble. Stay humble. How do we stay humble? Behold, the Lamb of God. Gaze on him. Oh, and say John the Baptist. And with this, I, I come to a conclusion on this warm evening. I'm using water, but he will do the real thing. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire his baptism is real he is able to reach the parts of you that I cannot reach and here tonight I can only use words and words I need to use but until the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ hits you the words you can just ignore and you file them away and you're maybe musing about a football match I think there's a game, I don't know, I, I don't well careful what I say, but there is a game going on tonight and uh, this afternoon. There's some ladies playing and they're playing Germany and they're looking to win the, uh, is it the Euros they're playing? I think it's the Euros, the European Championship and maybe you're distracted by things like that and this, my words can do nothing, but I'll tell you this, if. Jesus, by his Spirit, touches your heart. Your attention is rapt. Paul says, oh, I'm thankful that when I went to you Thessalonians, uh, I didn't come only with words, but there's also a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. It's what we need here in uh, Heath Evangelical Church, what you need in your life. It's what we need to be praying for in the prayer meetings week by week. Do Do you are you there online on a, on a Wednesday? Come along. There's plenty of space in, in here. I'm looking forward to getting back into the hall. I don't know why. Maybe we're not. We to talk about that as elders. There's a reason. I think we're waiting for an owl or something, are we? Is there another owl that's on, on the way? But at the moment, it's nice and airy. And uh, we've got uh, Ben Quek, who comes around with uh, his roving mic. If you want to pray, just start praying. And Ben soon catches up with it. Or you can come down the front and use the microphone. And it's good to pray. And many things we need to pray for. But certainly for that power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, is this message effective tonight? Are people going to be saved tonight? How how much have we prayed? How much have I prayed? How much have we asked and kept on asking? And hear what Jesus says. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Because it's only the Spirit who can regenerate a heart. It's only the Spirit who can sanctify you through and through. It's only the Holy Spirit who can baptise you. Oh, how we need that work of God, the Holy Spirit. In regeneration, He gives you new life that you understand the gospel. In sanctification, you continue to live out this new life in the power that He gives you. Jesus Christ, or He points towards Him. Jesus, so you're not saved, turn to Jesus Christ even now repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ if you do that here's a certain promise you shall be saved not that you might be saved Now I'm going to be in the little room if something's happened to you this morning or this evening come and come and have a little knock on the door we can have a cup of tea together. tell me tell me we want to hear we're longing to hear that people are being saved here it's all our business here there are coffee shops up and down. There's one next door, but the purpose of the coffee shop is to declare the gospel in the bookshop, to declare the gospel. And, and whereabouts? Seeing people saved and, uh, and, and discipled as it happened to you here today. And if you are saved already, stay close. Stay close to Him. Keep on beholding the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to save the. Another part, another work of the Holy Spirit. Regeneration is his work. Sanctification is his work. But there is another work of the Holy Spirit that I want to speak about, God willing, next time. But we'll leave it there for now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time in your word. In a sense, very simple words, relaying a scene that happened 2,000 years ago, but wonderful truths spring out of it. Pray for any here who are not yet saved, don't know their sins are forgiven. Oh Lord, have mercy and help them to behold the Lord Jesus Christ. For we who have been forgiven, help us to keep on constantly beholding Him. Amen. Well, we're going to conclude with um, a hymn of John Bakewell's Hail thou once despised Jesus, hail thou Galilean King. Thou didst suffer to release us, thou did free salvation bring. Let's stand and worship together. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.